Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify Him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles. Yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Hello, everybody. This is Guys with Bibles. I'm Sean. And I'm Lee. And I'm incredibly frustrated. <laughs> Tell them why, Sean. Okay, how long were we recording? At least 35 minutes. 35 minutes. And I look over at my computer. Not recording at all. Can you... <laughs> ah! so mad (laughs) my demon hunter growl came out I laugh because otherwise I might cry okay so (laughs) anyway people today uh, we're talking about the beauty of the gospel uh, from the T4G conference videos um, and Trip Lee Trip Lee. Was the one was the one that talked about this. Uh, Trip, uh, he is an author, a poet, a Christian hip hop artist. He he does it all. Um, real good guy, uh, and a great speaker. And um, this is probably the first video that I actually agreed one hundred percent with so far. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I really yeah. didn't have any any except except for one detail. Actually, no, two details are things I disagreed with, and they have nothing to do at all with the gospel. <laughs> yeah, you want to know what um, those are up on the front end? Well, I know what one is. I'm going to talk about the first one. Okay, because I'm sort of in a bad mood now, anyway. <laughs> So let me let me take care of this first one. Trip, get a new hat. I don't like the Yankees. Okay, <laughs> can't stand them. Get a Cincinnati Reds hat, and then we can be friends. <laughs> and be, then Lee, be a fan of a real one? team that can't win anymore. <laughs> yeah, feel my pain for the day. Come on. And what's the other one, Lee? Trip isn't a fan of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I almost turned really the video sad. off right there, you know? And it was so funny, and we're at, well, actually, we'll end up talking about this, but, like, there, one of his points had some major crossover with uh, Tolkien's uh, creativity ideology. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll probably go on about it 
uh, when we get to that part. But I'm like, oh, he's missing out on so much and not diving into, even just as an artist, just studying Tolkien as an artist would be, I think he would benefit a lot. Not saying he needs to like improve or anything, but I think he might actually find Tolkien's thinking on creativity pretty compelling. Yeah, I can't think of anyone more creative. Oh my word. Multiple languages. The, yeah, the man came map. up with Yeah, the man came up with an entire like different languages. Yeah. Uh cultures uh, entire like generations long histories going all the way back to the beginning of creation like, he, myths. he has a whole creation myth in the Silmarillion that is fascinating and uh, compelling yeah it's too bad but maybe 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 he'll read maybe he'll read some Tolkien at some at some point maybe see some value there that'd be awesome but um, love what he said about the gospel yeah I'm yeah with all of that I am like paranoid staring at my computer screen right now making sure it's still Yeah, you you you're not going to be able to do anything tonight. <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares the rest of the night. <laughs> Between that and the freaking the June bugs slamming into the Oh yeah, the little terrorists. Oh, they're they're awful. They're driving my cat crazy. Oh, they just terrify me. the windows and she's like ready to pounce at them through the You window. know why they crawl out of the ground, right? Because hell wouldn't keep them any longer. Yeah, they they're little demons spawn and they <laughs> they crawl out of hell every summer because it's hot out here, and they think it's they think it's hell. Yeah, <laughs> it is Ohio. It's close. Yeah. No, I like Ohio. It's definitely not the hottest place in the country. No, not at all. People in Arizona are like you, sissies. I was just listening because the dividing line was live on YouTube a couple hours ago, and uh, James White was going on. He wasn't wearing a Kooji, by the way. He was oh. going on. He was going on saying, "Yeah, I guess we're gonna get a another cool wave uh, late this week or next week. It's it's only gonna be in the 90s." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, what kind of a world? Do you, what is what color is the sky in your world? Yeah, because <laughs> that's totally foreign to me. Because see, like 80 Except degrees. Except when to I me. was in Israel. Oh, look! I'm already in a bad mood. <laughs> I'm ready to make it worse. <laughs> this is this is high quality podcast material here. <laughs> like to me, 80 degrees is too hot. It's just too hot. I don't even want to go outside when it's 80. Yeah. First of all, I will. I if it's 80 degrees and really sunny, I'll just look out the window and then I'll look at my arms and they're beat red. Like I don't even have to go outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to put my SPF 200 on and then go outside. I, I tell people sometimes I'm a creature of the night, so I can't really yes. be out in broad daylight. I have to wait till at least dusk. But Let's then see. I only have a few, a couple hours, and then the June bugs come out. So then I have to run back in. June bugs or skeeters? Well, I'm not scared of mosquitoes, no. but June bugs will get caught in my mullet and lay their eggs in there, and I'll go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> They took my hair. My mullet's the only thing I got. <laughs> and it's See, a blonde a mullet, so it, it's a blonde mullet, so it shines in the dark, so it attracts them. It's a nightlight. Yeah. Especially after I just condition. So shiny. 
You ain't no Joe Dirt, that's for sure. You got class. <laughs> anyway, enough about my mullet. Let's get to the gospel. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> the, so, so, the beauty of the gospel. The beauty of the gospel. So, as, as he begins the video, he talks about how God has demonstrated his grace and his love for his... For well, not really for by, but by creating, um, yeah. and in, in then, creation, yeah, in creation, and then he goes on to say that God's greatest work that best displays His beauty and His grace and His love is none other than the gospel itself. And and he also says I that concur. There's something special about the gospel. And even in Revelation 1.5, John, the Apostle John, by the way. Yes. Um, <laughs> Not some other person at a later date or something. Or right. Or some sort of committee. It was John. He'd been boiled. And then he wrote yes. this. But he even uses the gospel in praise to God, um, giving praise back to God, giving glory back to God through the, his gospel. Um, and, and Revelation 1.5 is, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has set us free from our sins by his blood. So even in that little doxology, that little that little praise to God is nothing other than the gospel itself. That'll preach. That is the pinnacle of that will preach. <laughs> yes it will. That that is the pinnacle of our praise back to God and how we glorify God is in the gospel itself because that is what has the power to save us? Mm-hmm. Romans one sixteen. Boom. I do have that memorized. I don't have many verses memorized, but <laughs> yeah, that's it's so crucial, um, and that's something that we overlook a lot um, because it sounds so basic when we say it. Yeah, Jesus loves us. We've been singing that song. If we if we spend any time in church as kids, that was like one of the first you know songs you learned at church jesus loves me this i know for the bible tells me so well then we spend i mean continuing in the faith we spend our years obviously reading the bible and doing lots of other things and we think that we can grow past that simple fact but that fact drives redemptive history and it drives what's going on at the cross which we'll talk about again um as we as we talk about this sermon um but we can't see any of that without the love. You can't escape the love that's at the center of the gospel. Right. God's love for his covenant. <clears throat> um, and, and that kind of, that's a good segue into the first point. Trip um, s- split this little sermon up that he, this little talk, um, into three main points, um, displaying the beauty of the gospel in three main points. And the first of, that, of those points is the gospel is how God shows his love 
So he references Stevie Wonder. <laughs> yeah, he does talk about Stevie Wonder. He yeah, he starts talking about love songs and and uh and they're always I, about how like how great the person thinks that the object of the love is. So yes. the, the beloved person that the ballad singer is singing to is like the the greatest the greatest thing ever. And that's sort of the the way that like the Todd Whites of the world and the the Bethels of the world speak to the world um, in what they call evangelizing. You know, we're gonna pump yeah. everybody up and make, tell you you're amazing and that God loves you, so you should you should take it upon yourself to love Him back. Well, that's not that's not the gospel, and actually that erodes the beauty of the gospel when you when you yeah. go that route because we're not yeah, lovable. That's- and that's telling someone that they have to do something to be yes, saved. Right. Um, Talk about a gospel of works. Um, I just rewatched American Gospel Christ Alone, and one of the cool things that Michael Horton said on there, there was a little uh, like animated thing up there on the screen, and it showed two tablets, and it displayed the law, and he said the law says do and then there was like a a cross and it said the gospel says done so oh snap (laughs) and it's a very simple explanation and it's it's perfect um you don't have to do anything to be saved except have repentant faith um and you'll do that when christ calls you um, there, there's no thing that you do uh, to be saved, and and a lot of Christian churches now, it's, just, it's all law. Um, mm-hmm. It's all do this, try harder, uh, dress like this, don't yeah, say it, this. Yeah, this is how you make God love you. You know, if make you're sure going to come to your... our church and get saved, you need to clean yourself up before you come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, not sure working. You're... Make sure you tithe enough. Make sure you, you know, don't do this and don't do that. And then, and then it, our pastor will tell you whether you're saved or not, yeah. using his criteria that God gave him in a dream or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, I just, there's lots of variations on that. And I just wrote a blog about. Yeah, you did. T- oh. Touched touches on that point, and that'll drop uh, this Thursday, way after this, or as, way before yeah, this as drops. We're recording. But, what was it called? Worshipping the wrong Christ? Yes. Yeah. My screen actually like caught on fire while I was proofreading. <laughs> I got it was kind of an like a angry rant. It's, it's gonna blog. burn down the internet. That's what it's gonna do. <laughs> but um in that in that first point trip begs the question, how do we know that God loves us? And then he references first John three sixteen. Um, not John 3.16, but 1 John 3.16, which says, This is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So it's really that first sentence that we're looking at here is, How do we know that God loves us? Well, he laid down his life for us. Plain and simple, he he died to save his people from their sins. Yep. 
the, the not the every single chain. person in the world. Right, his people. His people. Yeah. His chosen people that the Father gave him, gave to him. He actually to be his he actually accomplishes what he sets out to do. He doesn't yes. do it halfway and leave it up to right. somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah. He's an actual savior, not a potential savior. Yes. Not a provisional savior. <laughs> and um well on the first recording of this, I I spoke about <laughs> In volume one, we talked about that. Oh, I'm getting mad again. Um, I spoke about um, the difference between what an everyday person, even a lot of Christians, uh, what they feel that love is versus what real biblical love is. And uh, there's a big difference. Um, And it's deeper than just emotions. Yes. What you'll find um, is if you look at a Todd White or a Joel Osteen or uh, any any of the, the the guy from Bethel. I don't even care to know his name. Bill Johnson. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, what they what they talk about when they talk about love. Or in even in like the very liberal churches. That's the, a Raymond Carver short story title, by the way. What? What? What we talk about when we talk about love? Oh, that's there a that's go. an interesting short story, by the way. It's not it's not the uh, gospel related though, but it's it's pretty interesting literature. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, and and uh, the, they talk about and and this is even in. Uh, the very liberal churches. The one that comes to mind for me is the ELCA because I've been in contact with them and um, it wasn't pleasant. And <laughs> But th- their version of love is accepting sin. Um, I'm not saying that you can't love a sinner. Um, we're all sinners, and we're called to love everybody. But you, biblical love is, especially when they are a Christian or they claim to know be be in Christ. If they are in unrepentant sin and living that way, you need to love them enough to tell them the truth and mm-hmm. to to preach the gospel to them and to and to beg that they repent of that unrepentant sin that they're living. I'm I'm not. It, you know the the big hot hot button issue right now is you know homosexuality in churches, mm-hmm. and that's one of them. But it could be anything. Um, there could be a guy having an affair. Uh, there could there be there could be a lot sneakier things than that because that's big yeah, and bold could, right now. But there's much sneakier sins that have you know taken root in the church. Yeah, there could be a a, a drug problem that's been kept on the down low. Uh, there could be um, someone uh, being addicted to pornography. Um, it, it could be anything. Um, I'm not just talking about you know homosexuality. It, it could be anything in those in those churches. But in in some churches, they'll they'll overlook it because to call someone out on that, even privately, is not loving in their eyes. And what I what I think is. Sorry, I had to look at my computer to make sure it's still recording. It is. Good job, computer. Live by um, faith, Sean, not by sight. 
No, I'm going to keep my <laughs> eyes on this computer right now. I, I don't have faith in this computer. Wise as a serpent, innocent as a dove. <laughs> but I don't even remember what I was talking about. <laughs> I Lost derailed my train you. Of thought. No, uh, we're talking about loving. we love each other by, um, by sometimes pointing out sins to each other. Um, yeah, you know, and, God, and to God over... allows us to be a means of each other's sanctification doing that. That's right. not mean, and, and, that is love. Yeah, we, we are called, some might call it tough love, I guess. I don't we know. but that, that's together. But you, you can't just let someone live in unrepentant sin, especially a Christian, knowing what could happen to them when they die. Um, that should bother you. And you should want them to repent and to really put their faith in Christ. If they are still a slave to sin, they are not a slave to Christ. Exactly. You're, you're, and there's only two types of people in the world. People that are in Christ and people that are, that are outside of Christ. Yeah. You're either of the seed of the woman or the seed of the serpent. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I just I, wanna piggy- I, I just threw that out there. I want to piggyback on that too because okay, um, you know, talking about sanctification. So, God's love shown in the gospel and in the cross is central to everything that we're talking about here. It's central to our Christian life, um, and I I liked that he pulled out uh, John Piper's life verse, and that was Romans eight thirty two. Um, he who did not spare his own son but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? So God's promise, now we can trust him to give us the good things. You know, he didn't spare his own son. Like, he, he sacrificed his own son. Uh, Jesus willingly went to the cross to be the sacrifice for our sins. He did that much heavier thing. So why won't he give us the good things that we need in our life now? And that's part of that's our sanctification, and part of it is is every other good and perfect gift that He gives us comes from above, and we can trust Him to treat to continue to show us love, because He's already done the greatest action of love toward us, which is is in the covenant of redemption to make a way for people to be uh, renewed in Christ and to be in right relationship with Him. Right. So this is ongoing. The love doesn't just stop at the cross. That's not something we grow past. We continue to live in that love, even as we're being sanctified. Yeah. That's pretty and, great. Like, oh, that's a pretty good deal. That's why it's called the good news. What was the thing he said oh, about sugarcoating? Like, you don't, you don't have to make this any sweeter. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, he made a reference to, like, sweet tea versus unsweet tea. Like, yeah, and I totally I I agreed with that. Yeah, and I'm really gonna botch unsweet it. Unsweet tea I, is gross. Unsweet tea is not desirable. Not at all. But the gospel is already sweet tea. You don't have to add more. In in fact, there is a point where sweet tea becomes too sweet and becomes yes. as gross as unsweet tea. Yeah, and and then you get, you know. Your teeth you get fall the, out. Then you get the sugar diabetes. You get the diabetes, and you got to call Liberty Testing Supplies. <laughs> to, get your, to get your diabetes testing supplies. Wilford Brimley shows up on your doorstep. Diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but and but he was exactly right because we already have the gospel is already sweet we don't have to go like you like you already said the todd white route the the bill johnson route we don't have to try to add sugar to it it's already the sweetest thing yeah. and it's perfectly sweet it's the way god ordained it to be and all we have to do is proclaim it communicate it to believe it and live in it um and show with our lives that it changes people that god changes people through the gospel yeah people people go one of two routes with the gospel when they just don't preach it straight up yeah. and it's either they add stuff to it to sweeten it up which they don't need to mm-hmm. or they leave stuff out so they don't offend anybody yeah. it's not a side and, dish uh, to the meal it is the meal you gotta you gotta go in like fist bared and just just smack them in the face with the gospel <laughs> you know just knock their teeth out <laughs> you bludgeon them with the law they know how bad they are, and then you smack them around with the gospel. Yeah, and then you... Then they you, wake then, up. Yeah, you, you knock them out with the law, and then you pick them back up with the gospel. <laughs> Is that what the Lutherans call delivering the goods? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think Luther said you, you you break them with the law, and then you raise them to life with the gospel. I'll take that. So, so I resemble uh, that remark. You break them. So... All right, um, next point. So we've talked about the love. He shows love in the gospel. One one other thing, I, I this little quote of his for this first point is uh, the gospel and God's love is not based is based on God's character, not ours. Um, that's just something to remember. If it was based on anything that we do or have, it would not work. So. Since it is based on God's character, we we have faith that it will always stand firm and do what it says it's it do it does. So, yeah, that that keeps us from being self righteous when we're doing good, because that's a big temptation too, and we obscure the gospel that way. Like, oh well, the gospel got me to a certain point, and my obedience, my faithfulness has gotten me this far. On top of that, no, the gospel has gotten you that far all the way. Because in the gospel, it promises uh, sanctification along with justification. And that's all by God's grace. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have active obedience, but we would only have active obedience. Uh, we would not have it if it weren't for the gospel and our justification in Christ alone. Hey, man. Faith alone. Hey, Mike! <laughs> okay, on to point two, and I'm still recording. Yes! You get you get to do the yell this time. <laughs> I'm not yelling anything. I yelled enough in between shows. So I get to say freedom again? <laughs> yeah, you do it. That was your idea. Anyway, so on to the second point. Freedom! <laughs> uh, we... That was so cathartic freedom. the second time. Yeah, I don't care. It's still I could great. do it all day long. Um, we get freedom in the gospel. Uh, we are given freedom. And when someone hears this, if they're familiar with the Bible, especially the New Testament, you'll hear Paul 
call himself a slave of Christ or a bondservant of Christ, uh, depending on your translation, or a, or a um, prisoner of Christ Jesus. Um, and where's the freedom in that, you know? But the thing is, Jesus is the freedom from our burdens. So when we come to faith in Christ, our, our burden is taken away, and that burden is our sin. Um, and sin is basically the problem with everything in the world now. Always has been, Got always will right. be until Christ returns. It's never going to actually go away until Christ returns. So it's something that we deal with on a daily basis as Christians. But we are not subject to it anymore because of what Christ has done for us. Right, and that's that's part of the freedom, how he, how he broke down the aspect of the freedom that, that Christ delivers. That's, that's one yeah. part of it. Uh, he, he mentioned something about, uh, uh, you know, if we feel trapped, we want to break free. And there are some people that treat Christ as if he is a burden. Yeah. But he's actually the liberator from our burdens. And we only see him as a burden if we start to do kind of like um, Israel did after they left Egypt and started to think back about how great it was in their slavery in Egypt just because their present situation was not objectively a great time. And we still have that tendency uh, even now uh, we, you know, sometimes in our dark moments, we look back on our old life of sin and we think, you know, was it all worth it? Yeah, it was worth it. Get some perspective, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was not worth it to stay and live in sin. Because you might think it's fun now, but that, that life, um, it kills your soul. You know, you're yeah. enslaved. Enslave, uh, sin is a, a very hard slave master. It's all-encompassing. In fact, he even, he even uh, Tripp had a quote about, he said, sin is the slave master that motivates every other slave master. And again, he was exactly right. And uh, he also quote, again quotes Revelation 1.5, um, the tail end of that verse, um, where it says, to him who loves us and has set us free from our sins by his blood. So it in in what in the gospel in what Christ did on the cross we are set free from sin and he breaks down sin and and what we are freed from into three subpoints and the first being the penalty of sin the second being slavery to sin and then consequences in our lives oh yeah so um and of course, uh, to quote uh, John Owen, you know, the death of death and the death of Christ. Um, A great Puritan title, by the way. Oh, so good. I tried to read it and my head exploded. <laughs> but Okay, so there is a, um, uh, I'll do a plug for Crossway here. Um, there is a, uh, a version... Uh, with updated language that Crossway did called, I think I think it's called Overcoming Sin and Temptation. Uh, okay. And it's, it's actually, it's pretty thick, but it's actually several John Owen works on sin, and the death of death and the death of Christ is in there. 
Um, it's okay. one of the books that's like kind of compiled into one volume. Very good. It's worth the money. I'll have to put a link to it in the notes. And it's up, like I said, it's updated language. So he's notoriously hard to read anyway. So any little bit to help kind of make it a little a little easier to get into uh, and th- that the language won't be your if- issue uh, for getting that teaching is, is, a, is a good thing. Sorry, uh, go ahead. So be killing sin and, or sin will be killing you. Yes. So we're safe from the penalty uh, of, of sin. Yeah, so the... Okay, so the penalty of sin, uh, Paul says the wages of sin are death. Um, Still so true. So Christ, Christ frees us from death. Um, does that mean we will not ever physically die? No, yes. we're going to die. Oh. <laughs> uh, wait, <laughs> but I, that's what I signed up for. Hold on now. You're like, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, sorry, I, don't, but the, I can't, I can't the, be with this anymore. When we die as Christians, um, death has no sting. It has no hold on us. We simply, it, as Christ calls a lot of people that he, he like the saints that are sleeping, uh, he, 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 mentioned, he talks about some dead people in the New Testament as if they're just sleeping mm-hmm. because that's all death really is to a Christian is sleep um it has it has nothing uh, no hold on us anymore what? and when doug, christ returns doug wilson said we will rise sleep. again it's like sleep is like our practice for death or something yeah like we're already mm-hmm. we're already used to like sitting back and you know just with if we you know obviously dying before the second coming we're not our soul isn't just sleeping but this is a good illustration of we wake up from our sleep like you don't go to sleep and in sleep is all then you do for the rest of your life not normally um that's that's just a a long-term coma but um but in the same way when our body dies um it's just a sleep Um, it's it's our soul our soul is active and in the presence of god and but we we if we live if we're in faith, if we're uh, justified, when we die, we will be resurrected. Yeah, and and a lot of people think you know that's it. They they don't they forget about the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, we were created with a body for a reason, and we are meant to have a body. It was meant to be that way, and. When we rise on the last day, and, when Christ... And we've borne the penalty of of our sins in our mortal bodies, too. And I think yeah. that's definitely part of what he's talking about here. But yeah, go ahead. And uh, when, when we rise on the last day, our soul that was with the Lord, um, in the meantime, is united again with our new, resurrected, glorified body. Um, it will be perfect, sinless, uh, healthy. Uh, there will be nothing wrong with it. And good. Um, and uh, hopefully I'm a little better looking. Than, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> You'll have a longer <laughs> mullet. A longer and more, oh, more full mullet. That would be glory. Pure glory. It's going to be great. I was going to say something, but honestly, just it's going to be great. It will be. Yeah. 
Um, and then the second sub-point was uh, we are freed from slavery to sin. So we are in bondage to sin from the moment we're born. Uh, our sin, our will is bound in sin. We can only sin and we only want to sin. We hate God. And when we come to faith in Christ... We are freed from that bondage, and we are now able to choose not to sin. Yeah. And we we actually find our sin as we become more sanctified every day, every year of our life as a Christian. We find we we see ourselves for what we really are, and we disgusting. try to <laughs> disgusting wretches. Uh, he, and he picked we the, we want to avoid and we and we despise our sin and we we try to avoid it at all costs and we're not going to be able to do that completely. But, um, but we, boy, do we want as to? We, yes. Um, when we do sin, it, it's it's going to bother us, and uh, we're going to want to repent of it, ask for forgiveness, and just rest in the finished work of Christ. So good. Amen. He pointed to uh, Romans six twelve through fourteen, which is kind of yeah. the the best passage to make this point. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its lust, and do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of the righteousness of God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. And again, Amen. it goes back to that law-grace distinction because um, if we're living under the law, you know, obviously we're going to fail to keep the law. Um, that's not going to work, and that's just going to drive us further and further into that death. Um, but we're yeah. under grace now, and like you said, we have the desire to to uh, obey God and to worship God and to do what pleases Him, and He gives us the ability to do that. In fact, He charges us to do that. That's our life of obedience. That being obedient to God is bringing him glory. Um, and we can't do that at the same time uh, as uh, following our sinful desires, whatever those may be. And there's a lot of sinful desires that we could, we could run after if we really wanted to. Sometimes we do, but again, the, the, the love of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit points out those moments of, of temptation and sin and leads us to what John Owen would say, to mortify those sins, to put them to yeah. death, and to um, and to say no. And like and like you said, we have we have that free will to do that after we're redeemed. We have the ability to say, I I want to desire I desire to worship God and to glorify him and and to, to do that, to carry out those things. When we were living under our sin, loving our sin, and being our own God, and doing a crappy job at it, the best we could do is just to pick whatever sin we most wanted to commit at that moment. Yep. That's and I gotta slavery. bring up it in the in the first uh, in the first recording here. Um, I I mentioned you know when you're when you're bound to sin and you're a slave to sin, it's and you're basically choosing between which millstone you want around your neck before you get thrown into hell. Mm -hmm. um, and people love instead that. Of, 
Yeah, and people are tricking uh, out their millstones. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, get them all blinged out, decorating them up. Look at mine, chromed I'm, out. I'm going to sink a lot faster than you. You know, but you know when Christ calls us and we approach Him, He removes that millstone from our neck and uh, places His yoke upon us, which is light. And we get to go tell people that their millstones can be removed, too. Yes. That's pretty awesome. And then the the last sub-point was the consequences of sin in our lives. We're freed from that. And that kind of goes hand-in-hand with our slavery to sin. You know, there, the, the, there's a ripple effect to sin. If, if we sin, um, it doesn't just affect us. Mm-hmm. It never just affects us. Uh, even even uh, this is kind of a uh, hot button issue, controversial issue that not a lot of people are comfortable talking about. But um, even um, let's say you sit at home alone, no one's around. You're like, I'm gonna watch some porn. No one's gonna know. Whatever. Um, that's still affecting more than just you. Mm-hmm. It, the, the, the women, the, the people in the pornography, uh, you're contributing they're affected by harm, it. Even if they, yeah, think you're contributing to them. And the, the porn industry in America is tied to the sex trade. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's all interconnected, all this stuff and, and the drug, drug trade, sex trade, pornography it's all connected and you're contributing to that when when you when you look at stuff like that not to mention it's sinful to begin with whether you're paying money for it or not your clicks right. contribute to it yep and uh so it there's there's consequences for our actions mm-hmm. and there's there's consequences when we sin what, and it, what some it, people like in like even people in like governmental theory will call externalities so like uh, decisions and actions we take, some of them have externalities, and those are the things that usually have a law associated with them that you shouldn't do such and such a thing or some sort of parameter put on it. You know, uh, that's kind of like a libertarian thing. Like, you know, let's not police actions that don't have externalities. Like, if I'm only hurting myself, that's one thing. But if I'm taking an action that has the potential to significantly hurt other people, that's when you know law kind of steps in and begins to curb those kind of behaviors well sin is the same way except every sin has an externality but we might not even be able to measure how it hurts other people it's so insidious like it's sneaky sin is sneaky and it hurts in ways that we don't even recognize because we're bent towards sin like we love it and desire it usually most sins we consider pretty fun Um, Oh, yeah, sure. And that's just how sneaky it really is. And that fun, quote-unquote, builds up and builds up and builds up and really can destroy lives. Absolutely. Often does. It ruins marriages. It ruins families. It it ruins everything. Um, As I said before, sin is the problem with everything in the world. And if we're mortifying our sin in the church... Um, we're limiting the the those uh, circumstances that come from sin. We can still be affected by other people's sin, but if if Absolutely. every if every Christian is being vigilant 
and helping each other in their sanctification and in their quest to mortify their sin, we're going to decrease the amount of visible sins in the world. And we can say we're going to be more easily able to see sins occurring out there and be able to say repent and believe. And if we're living the power of the Holy Spirit to put our sins to death, um, that's only going to continue to adorn the gospel. It's already, like, let's say it's already a shining jewel. We're just going to be able to show off the glory of that jewel further and further. And that's yep. really, I mean, that's the whole, that's the kingdom. You know, that's the advance yep. of the kingdom. We're just continuing to shine the light of the gospel um, out from where we are. Pretty and, great. Uh, and thanks be to God that we have a savior that frees us from our sin. Yeah. Um, Cause we simply can't do it on our own. Exactly. But in every other Nor religion be... tells you, you can, and you do it and yeah. you fail. Well, then you've got to buy their book or you've got to, you got to do such, you got to take a, a, a lonely uh, trip up the mountains to meditate in the snow for 30 days or whatever. And, Right. You're trying to find the answer in you. You don't have the answer. Christ is the only one who has the answer. That's the exclusivity of the gospel that we insist on. Yeah. That we sh- that the whole church should insist on, but unfortunately, parts of the church break off on that. Um, to, yeah. To everybody wants. Everybody wants a subjective truth, mm-hmm. and when you give them an objective truth that that exists outside of themselves, only the Siths do hard. in absolutes. <laughs> 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 Which is a statement of an absolute. Yes. Postmodern Obi Wan Kenobi. But anyway. So you, you were the chosen one! <laughs> <laughs> You're getting me triggered now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, w- when the world operates on subjective truth, um, what's, what's truth to you? And you give them an objective truth. A truth that exists, whether or not they exist or not, that that truth would still exist. And whether they agree um, with it or not, still true. Yeah, it doesn't matter if they agree with it or not, or if they even exist or not. That truth would remain that truth. And you don't get you to give have them your th- truth. Yeah, when you give them that, they immediately will reject it. Be just for the simple fact that it's not their truth, yeah. um, and it's it's quite frustrating. Uh, the the post whole, the whole postmodern thing. Just well, we've already talked about that in the, the last episode. I don't want to get back into that. I'm in a bad enough mood. <laughs> All right, you ready to zoom out into into point three? Yes, the crescendo of this sermon. Uh, he reigns. He reigns. And I ain't talking about precipitation, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, it's got an E in it, you guys. Yeah, and a G. That's yeah, no, exactly right. But uh, that's actually from a Jovan McKenzie song, so I don't want to get <laughs> copyrighted for that. But uh, um, and this is this is coming out of verse six there, Revelation one six. Yeah, which says, and made us a kingdom, 
priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So let's read that with verse 5 so it makes more sense. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and set us free from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So he reigns. Um, that is the pinnacle, uh, really the pinnacle mm-hmm. of the gospel and, mm-hmm. and, and where, where our hope lies. Yeah. Uh, our hope shouldn't, our hope, our theology should, should center on the cross and our hope should center on the cross, but we cannot forget about the, his well, resurrection. Yeah. The crown. We have to think about the crown too. It's yeah. a cross and a crown. We yeah. We can't forget about the resurrection, the ascension, the second coming. Uh, these these things that have given us hope and have justified us before God. Um, that this this is where our hope comes from. Without Christ's resurrection, well, as Paul, I don't even know what epistle paul wrote that in i'm pretty sure that was paul without the resurrection our faith is in vain Mm -hmm. and we're most people that are most to be pitied yeah um we'd we're you know we're still dead in our sins if christ never never resurrected and thanks be to god that he did um and the resurrection itself points to the um the relevance of the second coming too because yes, we know that that the work was complete on the cross. The work the work was finished, but it wasn't complete. He hasn't brought it to full completion yet. Um, he he is growing his kingdom on earth uh, as is part of his will, and so the church the church is going and spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth as he commanded, and he will finish. The work will be complete uh, at the second coming. And so we continue to, to do what he's called us to do as we wait for him to return. So we stay busy um, in, uh, you know, like the, uh, the parable of the, um, the, the maidens with the lamps, you know, waiting for the bridegroom. We're, we're going to fill up our lamps with plenty of oil uh, just in case he takes a while. Um, we're going to plan for this. We're going we're gonna to take a long view um, and we're gonna and we're gonna stay busy. We're gonna stay vigilant, and um, and we're gonna wait because the certainty of the end um, is just as certain as the beginning. Maybe I'm not putting that right. But what 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 God starts, He finishes, and He promised that it's not finished yet. Uh, he's given us our our mission, our our assignment as we wait for it to be finished, but it will be finished, and um, and he will win. Actually, he already has won, but we will see him win. I liked his note about, about the priesthood angle, and he kind of talked a little bit about how, um, you know, people have thought that you have to go to a priest and for him to pray to you, and if you confess to a priest, then he'll take that to a saint who will take that to Mary, who will then take that to Jesus. And you know, for how long has the church suffered uh, while while leaders have hidden from them that they are a holy priesthood, 
as it says here and elsewhere in Scripture, um, that we have the ability, like the high priest did, to go directly to the throne of grace to not only you know continue to confess our sins, but to bring praise, to bring our petitions, to ask for help, um, and to add, and to pray for His name to be glorified and His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have yeah. the ability to do that. That that dividing wall is gone. There is no more. There's no hierarchy there. Um, I oh, when someone speaks of you know the kingdom or. Uh, uh, Christ being king or God reigning, I immediately my mind jumps to Psalm two. Oh yeah, a classic. And um, I'm turning to it right do now. Do you mind if I read Psalm two? Of course, of course. You do mind? Of course I mind. How dare you even <laughs> think that you could read Psalm two? It's not a long psalm, so I'm gonna read it Fine, and uh, do it. Uh, How dare you? Why do the nations? And it's out of the CSB. Yeah. Okay. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers conspire together against the Lord and his anointed one. Let, let's tear off their chains and throw their ropes off of us. The one enthroned in heaven laughs, the Lord ridicules them. Then he speaks to them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath. I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will declare the Lord's decree, he said to me. You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with an iron scepter, and you will shatter them like pottery. So now, kings, be wise. Receive instruction, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverential awe and rejoice with trembling. Pay homage to the Son, or he will be angry and you will perish in your rebellion, for his anger may ignite at any moment. All who take refuge in him are happy. Ooh. And it, it just, it, yeah, but it, it, it gives you that hope that, you know, at, and it, there's like this, like you said before, it's almost like a, already and not yet kind of thing mm -hmm. um christ has already won right but in his second coming it will be it will reach its pinnacle and uh the, yeah the, the the narrative arc of redemption that we're still living through will will come to a close yes in our in our time in history yes it but now in eternity, you know, from an eternal perspective, it is already finished. The already and not yet. That's yeah. kind of the the weird juxtaposition of the kingdom. It it already is, and yet it it isn't yet. It isn't yet in human time, but it will be. And then um, Isaiah fifty three twelve, where he says, "Therefore I will give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as spoil, because he willingly submitted to death and was counted among the rebels. Yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. And he he will be given his kingdom by the Father. His Father has given him his people, his kingdom as a possession, and." and we get it's to be just, part of that it's a, <laughs> and it's that. as good as done I, i'm you know right it's a covenant it's it's a covenant the new covenant um yeah paul you, says you we're, we're already seated in the heavenly places well it definitely right. doesn't feel Our, like it 
but yeah, it, our names are already written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, it's 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 already it's fi- it is finished. Christ said it is finished, and it is. We're and, just living uh, it out in history now. Yep. This is really hard to talk about without getting to, into eschatology a little bit, and I really don't want to do that because I don't want to get in. I don't want to. Yeah, this is already almost an hour long, Sean. Yeah, Think of the I, I don't want to. Uh, to this in Romania. Yeah, we love you, Romania. <laughs> I wish I could say something uh, in Romanian, but no. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know any Sorry. Romanian. I barely know English. <laughs> Uh, but, but, uh, I, I don't want to get into eschatology. I, I have my own views on eschatology. We all do, right. but eschatology doesn't save us. Um, Christ saves us and I'm not going to, you know. And like we said before, he doesn't well, fail at anything he starts. Right. So the, um, the end, the, the last things are going to go the same way that the first things did. He wins. And he does. Yes. He does what his will is set to do, and nobody what, can stop him. Yeah. What What Christ has set out to do, um, the the is the work that the Father gave him, and he has accomplished it. Like I said before, he hung. He was hanging on the cross, and he said, "It is finished." Mm-hmm. Um, and he has promised that you know he will come again. And he has given us the Holy Spirit in the meantime as our advocate, as our paraclete. And we simply need to be like the virgins in the parable that prepared, well prepared, and we're going to stick it out. Uh, and it, it's going back to, to Tripp's major theme, you know, about the beauty of the gospel, you know, the beauty of the gospel is that, yes, Jesus accomplishes everything that's in the will of God and what's in the will of God to to give all good things to his covenant people it's so it's all for our for our benefit who are who are the called out ones um, it's not his desire isn't simply to just annihilate the world and and destroy and and cause pain and anguish and punishment um, his will is to save a people for his own possession, bought by the blood of the Son, um, and, uh, and and it's a people that lives in righteousness before him all our days, until those days are come to a close and the kingdom comes in all its fullness. Then we get to spend an yep. eternity doing the same without the hindrances of sin. That's a great. Amen. That's a great deal. And I am. And that's why it's called good news. That. Yes, um, that like you said, that's why that's why it's called the good news, because it's good and it it's good. It's very good, um, just like the sermon was. Yeah, it was. I I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I forgot he's a really good speaker. I forgot to mention that, and I said this at the beginning of the former recording, but I really enjoyed the fact that he did not deliver the sermon from a pulpit in a sanctuary, but he was seated in a chair in his didn't you say it was in his home office yeah i think that that lent such a a more uh a personal devotional aspect to it i mean these words definitely could have been delivered from a pulpit but they i think they impacted me in a in a totally they hit differently 
because he was he was in a more um, devotional frame, literally in a devotional yeah. camera frame. Uh, yeah, um, and I felt like I don't know. It was a it was a personal talk. I felt mm-hmm. like he was talking to me, like it was a one on one conversation. It wasn't me being preached at or lectured to, like in a big group. It was. It was like he was talking to me, kind of thing. It was a real personal talk. I I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. He's a really good speaker, and he's very personable, and uh, he seems like a really uh, laid back, easygoing guy that um, has quite a bit of knowledge about uh, scripture and the Bible. And you, you got to watch those those Christian hip hop guys. Um, they do a lot of studying. They do uh, because. When you, if you start listening to reformed rap, it is just doctrine after doctrine after doctrine, and it's like they're like preaching a sermon to to a beat kind of thing, and it's it's incredible uh, and what it they can do. Rhymes. But, yeah, um, like and it works. Rhymes, like a lot and of other uh, rap out there. Yeah, and uh, so uh, just looking from his home office, uh, he has quite a bit of literature in there, so I'm sure. He uh, has done his studying, and uh, he's also, uh, I forgot to mention earlier at the beginning, he's also a, I believe, a youth pastor down in Texas. Um, so he he is a leader in his church, and... Uh, Qualified it, it's evi- doing what it, he's doing. Yeah, it's evident in how he uh, laid this video out. Um, it was simple, yet in-depth enough that you really dug into the word a little bit and really got into the meat of the gospel. Yep. Yep. It was, it was very refreshing. It was a very refreshing message. But, uh, I think that pretty much finishes it up, doesn't it? Yeah, that finishes it for me. Yeah. All right. Well, Lee, where can they find us? They can find us on the website, guyswithbibles.com. You can read our blogs there that Sean and I work so hard on. Uh, you can also listen to audio of the podcast. You can also go there and sign up for our newsletter, Guys With Newsletters. Uh, you can find us on social media, on the Facebook. We have a Facebook group uh, with plenty of discussion going on. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Guys With Bibles. You can also email us directly at guyswbibles at gmail.com. And then check our show notes because we are a Bar Network podcast. And you should really check out our brothers and sisters who are also podcasting on the network. Uh, it's a great group of people. We say this all the time, but it, it's still true. A great group of people who are very passionate and knowledgeable about the gospel and about seeing people saved and uh, growing the church. Um, we're just glad to be part of that. And uh, you should you should uh, subscribe to some more podcasts. So take a look, follow the link to the the Bar Network website, and uh, pick up some other podcasts, would you? All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And this is Guys with Bibles, and we're out.